Welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast, your home for all things man, husband, and father. We provide content for men to help men become the men they want to be. My name is Brent, and I am the Fallible Man. Guys, welcome to today's show. And on today's show, we're going to talk about royalty, right? Weird topic. And our misconceptions of the idea of royalty, the idea of sovereignty, and what it takes to be a king or a leader in general. Stay with us to the end and learn the three traits you need to focus on to be a king in your own life. This is the Fallible Man Podcast, your home for everything man, husband, and father. Here is your host, the Fallible Man, Brent Dowling. Welcome back, guys. As I said, my name is Brent, and I am the Fallible Man. Um... We have a weird idea of royalty in the U.S. Before I forget, hey, grab your cup of coffee, guys. If you haven't had it, you know, if you listen to these shows, I love my coffee. Grab you a cup of coffee or an energy drink, whatever you drink, and hang out for a little bit with me. So, in the United States, we have a definite different view of royalty than, say, the British, right? We all know that they have a queen and we have a president. And honestly, right, the biggest difference is we elect the president. We don't have a queen or a king. We have a president. We we elect that man, and that man changes every four to eight years or however the vote goes, right? So, with a monarchy, with royalty, there's a royal family. I don't know if you guys pay attention to the nonsense on the news about the prince and his wife or the princess. Is she a princess now because she's his wife? I don't know. Right, there's Prince Harry and Prince William and too many princes. But the Queen of England has been ruling for a very long time. And even in England, things are not exactly what we imagine as a king or a queen would be. There's the queen, and she is technically the figurehead, but parliament actually makes most of the rules and most of the laws, just like we have the president, and then there's Congress, right? And we all have our own thoughts about Congress, whatever your thoughts may be about how effective they are at passing laws and doing things for the country. And it's the same thing with British Parliament. British Parliament makes most of the rules, they make most of the laws, they make most of the decisions. The queen is a figurehead and only weighs in every so often. That's how royalty really works in Great Britain. And in other parts of the world, this is very similar. There are kings, um, I've been reading stories recently, about the king of... I'm going to want to say Siam, but I know this wrong, it's Thailand now, right? That's right. Sorry. I, I'm a big uh, King and I fan. I love the original with the old Brenner. Comment below. Uh, if you're listening to this on the podcast, guys, comment in the questions. Hey, leave me feedback. Leave me uh, questions you have. And leave me a review. Oh, what a crazy idea, right? But comment down below if you're a King and I fan. I love old musicals. Call me sentimental, but that's what I grew up with. My mom and my dad both really enjoyed uh, musicals growing up, so we went to a lot of them. So, comment down below. Let me know if I'm not alone here. 
but we have a fascination with royalty, right? And there's a king of Thailand recently I've been reading about because his consort got in trouble last year and he disowned her and now she's back in his good graces. I, I, I don't understand. Royalty is not a new thing. The idea of kings is as old as history itself. There's always been some kind of ruler. And the Americans, us Americans, I should say, we we eat it up. I see the tabloid news all the time covering Prince Harry and What's-Her-Face and Prince... No, it's not Edward. I don't know. See, that's how much attention I actually play, guys. I do see... I love tabloid aisles in the supermarket because that's my flash of stupid news for the week. I had to censor myself. This is a family-friendly podcast. I had to censor myself there. Um, that's my flash of news stupidness. I'm not even sure that's a term for the week. But I love to hit the tabloids and just walk by them. And It's amazing to me how often the British royalty are on the front of American tabloids and journals and magazines and stuff. I don't understand that. But we seem to be fascinated with this idea of a king or a queen or royalty. All the way down to movies, right? If you look through our movies, there are tons of movies about royalty. So, let's let's get into the body of this, shall we? First thing I want to say is, you know, we touched on it. There, there are major misconceptions about how royalty works. Modern royalty, even old royalty. We already talked about the queen being a figurehead in England, a national. I don't want to use the term idol, but a, a nationally recognized symbol of Great Britain or England or however you want to say it. She's actually recognized in dozens and dozens of countries as the main countries around the world as the main figurehead. I read an article the other day and I was just mystified at how many nations in the world still recognize her as their technical queen. They have local government people who make the decisions of their day-to-day, but it was big news because one of the bigger countries that's always recognized her as a queen is no longer recognizing her as the queen anymore. Too much drama. If you know your history, the great, the empire of the great of Great Britain. I'm saying that wrong. The great, the British Empire covered large swaths of the world. They actually were larger and more successful at conquering most of the known world than any empire before them. Um, the Indians, the Mongols, Genghis Khan made a pretty good run at Eurasia, but. British Empire actually extended farther than any empire in history. It's amazing. And so I'm still blown away every now and then when I read a news story about, oh wait, this is still technically a British subject and it's some island in the middle of somewhere, right? So royalty doesn't work exactly like we get it. And like I said, the queen is kind of a figurehead and she makes decisions in ways and when she has to, but it's not it's not like the old movies where it's like I said it, so bam, it's done, right? That's not the way royalty works these days. They have their advisors and they but it's nothing new. I'm gonna get biblical on you for a few minutes here. Maybe you're familiar with 
David in the lion's den. It's a story out of the Old Testament, the Bible. Now, I'm not getting religious on you as far as I'm going to tell you what to believe. I will tell you that large amounts of the Bible have been historically proven to be accurate, including this story. At least the existence of Daniel outside of just biblical records. Sorry guys if I itch a lot if you're watching this on video. This room gets really hot sitting here filming these. So, sorry about that. Um, so David, if you know the story, if you don't, here's the simple version. David was actually an advisor to the king. But he was not a natural citizen. He came from an enslaved nation and worked his way up in government. He was believed to be some kind of important family or royal line or something, which is why he had the chance to work up inside the government. The Babylonians were, I think it was the Babylonians, see them or the Assyrians, were very good, both of them, about when they subjugated people. They would take on some of the important families and some of the, or some of the royalty into this local state government to help smooth the transition. David was one of these, and he was found to be pretty good. So the problem was he was so popular that the king's other advisors started getting pissy and kind of jealous, and a little green monster of envy started showing. So they decided to have him killed. That, that was the simple solution, right? So much for communication. Yeah. Now, I, I, the king likes him more than I than me, so I'm, I'm just going to have him offed. That, that's pretty... Wow. So, the advisors, the other advisors besides Daniel, convinced the king to sign a law into place condemning anybody to death who worships anybody besides the king for like the next couple weeks. Knowing that Daniel's not going to stop worshiping the god he recognizes. Sure enough, king passes the law. The first thing Daniel does is start praying to his god. Awesome. Except they were waiting for him. They laid the trap. They knew what would happen. And so, the king had sealed the deal. He put the royal signet on it. It was official. And ended up throwing him in the lion's den, condemned to death, and said, you know, I hope your God saves you, but I have to do this. So he throws him in the lion's den. Now, the big biblical story says that God sent angels to shut the mouth of the lions, and Daniel was okay, and the king was just distressed all night. And went the next morning, and Daniel was fine, and he saw that Daniel's God had saved him and pulled him out. And the king was so hacked off his other advisors that he threw them and their families into the lion's den. And the Bible says they were dead before they hit the floor. So that's an extreme example, but this is not a new idea that the king has power. The king rules the kingdom, but largely there's always a governmental body. We call them Congress in the U.S., the Brits called them Parliament, but back then they were advisors, friends, whatever, people the king trusted to give him good advice. So this idea is not new, that the king-queen is kind of a figurehead person. Yeah, they have a lot of say, but eh. Okay, so that's how it actually truthfully works. Now, as far as like British royalty and stuff, there are a lot more nuances and complications and blah, blah, blah. Headache. Bunch of red tape. 
and formality and stuff that they have to abide by and live with. And it's kind of crazy. Um, as an American, I probably don't appreciate it the way our brothers and sisters across the pond in Great Britain do, but it's, it's not our thing, right? We're, we're rowdy Americans. It's, it's not our thing. So now we want to switch gears and talk a little bit about sovereignty. Sovereignty. See if I can say it correctly, right? Sovereignty. Is that better? Sovereignty. Sovereignty. I'm going to screw that up so many times on this recording. Is the idea of complete independence and self-governance. Let me help you understand this. The Revolutionary War was our answer to create sovereignty for the United States. Right? Back to our friends across the pond. Great Britain said, hey, you're you're our colony. You belong to us, and so you're going to pay taxes to us. And a bunch of people who had settled in this nation said, no, I think we're done with that. We're going to do our own thing. You're a long ways away, and we're tired of giving you part of our money, and we're tired of paying your taxes. And we don't have any say. That's where the saying taxation without representation, right? That is where that came from, is the colonies said, nope, we're not giving you anything. We have no say in any of this, and we're done with it. So the Revolutionary War was about sovereignty for the United States, United States of America. That's where the United States came from. That's how we exist, is sovereignty. We wanted sovereignty to rule ourselves free from outside influences. So you understand that concept, right? So sovereignty is over here from being ruled by a king or a president or whatever, right? We want sovereignty in our lives. We want to control what we do. We want to have complete say over what we do. And unless you move to an island by yourself, someone's going to have some influence over you. You can have sovereignty in your life as far as making your own choices. But as long as you answer to other people, whether it's a job or living in a country like the United States or another nation that has a governing body, you can't have absolute sovereignty in your life. Talk about sovereignty because people get the two confused sometimes. They are very separate things. Now, we're going to move on to leadership. Because leaders, I promise I'm going somewhere with all this. I really do. Leaders have a lot of the same qualities as a good king. Still with me? <laughs> I know, right? That's a trip. Leadership shares a lot of the same qualities as a good king. Now, I didn't say as a king in general, but it does. Because you can have good kings and you can have good leaders. You can have good presidents and you can have good leaders. You can have bad kings and bad leaders. So on and such forth, right? You get that. That's an easy concept. There are people who are good at things and there are people who are bad at things. There are people who are great leaders. There are people who suck at leadership. Comment below if you know or have to follow a really sucky leader. Hey, it happens. That's just the way the ball bounces sometimes. But 
a really good leader has the same same methodologies, same thought process, same traits as a good king or a good president. Now I'm going to flash a picture here on the screen for those of you who aren't watching this via video or who are listening to the podcast. Go to my website, www.thefallibleman.com and check out our Every Man a King t-shirt. If you're watching on video, it's going to be right over here. Or over here, still bad at this whole left and right thing when I'm recording. Probably be over... Backwards, backwards, bad at mirrors. So bad. I'll flash that t-shirt up there. Because I believe in this principle. I believe that everybody can be a king. Now, you can blame this on the TV generation. We are obsessed with royalty. I said it earlier, we're obsessed with the idea of kings and royalty and power like that. And so we have shows like, you're going to laugh at me, The Princess Diaries, right? Young girl finds out that she's actually the daughter of a prince who had her out of wedlock during a relationship when he was having a fling in the U.S. from his own nation. He came here to go to college and ended up falling in love with somebody and they had a kid and he had to go back and rule and blah, blah, blah. So he dies and all of a sudden, spoiler alert, sorry, she becomes the princess of this small little tiny nation, right? Great flick. Anne Hathaway, Julie Andrews, love Julie Andrews. She's a classy woman and a phenomenal actress. Um. Fun for the whole family. Watch it with your kids. If you don't have kids, yeah, watch it anyways. It's a fun, feel-good flick. But, I mean, that's one, right? Here we go with King Ralph. All right? Comment below. If you're old enough to have seen King Ralph, let me know. Shout it out. How about Mr. Deeds? Adam Sandler. Gotta love it. Not a king, but he becomes a CEO of a multi-billion dollar empire overnight. Great show. I actually really enjoyed it because Adam Sandler worked really hard to try and rise to the level to lead the company and and be the head of that company. There are just years and years of it. My favorite, most low-hanging fruit on this one is King Arthur, but not some of the newer, trippier versions of King Arthur, although I enjoyed most of the Arthur legends. But the old Sword in the Stone, the Disney version, right? Where a young boy who happens to be worthy, named Arthur, pulls a magical sword out of a stone, and lo and behold, he becomes the king. Talk about thrust into a position, right? Kind of crazy. Really cool, though. So we're kind of all obsessed with this, but I'm obsessed with it for a different, different reason. I think every man is born with the inherent makeup to be a king. And I think you can be the king in your own life. I think the biggest difference between a king and an individual person is the clothes. Years ago, Disney made the Three Musketeers, and they had Kiefer Sutherland and... Charlie Sheen and 
just an incredible cast of actors. It was really, really fun to watch. And the Porthos character at one point is talking to D'Artagnan and very crassly says, there is no difference between a queen and a barmaid in the dark. Now, it was a crass comment at the time, guys, but there's a lot of truth to it. You take away the trappings, right? What makes a queen or a king? We put them in fancy clothes. We put a crown on their head. We put some jewelry on them. They're the king. It's, it's really quite that simple. Stick around. We're going to get into this. And I promise we're getting to the point after a break from our sponsor. And lo and behold, it's still me because I'm still not Insta-famous. So, oh well. Enjoy the real guys and we'll be right back. Today's episode brought to you by TheFallibleMan.com. That's right, it's us. Head over to www.TheFallibleMan.com and check out our blog, updated twice a week with new content, and links to all of our social media offerings. Tag or search us at TheFallibleMan or at FallibleMan on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and other social medias for daily content. While you're there, check out our attitude swag, shirts, cups, stickers, and more. Again, that's www.thefallibleman.com. The traits that you need to be a king are the same traits you need to be a great leader or a good officer in the military. Who's That's leader, right? The traits are very simple. And I have a deep appreciation for several agencies and militaries who have gotten some of these right. But guys, I'm going to give you the three traits you need to work on here to be a king in your own world. Number one is honor. Honor is defined as the adherence to what is right or to a convention of standards of conduct. Aristotle once said, You will never do anything in this world without courage. It is the greatest quality of the mind next to honor. There's a reason we use the term honor when we're outlining important core components. You caught our, I think our very first episode was episode one. We talked about finding your core foundation. Go back to that. I'll put a little card here. Go back to episode one if you haven't listened to it or watched it, whatever platform you're on, and check that out. We talked about honor. Honor is so important. There's a reason that the military prizes honor highly as a core component to their code of conduct and their core mission. Honor brings guidance. With honor, you're going to do the right, proper, and noble thing. That is one of the most important traits you could possibly obtain in your lifetime, is to be a person of honor. And if we have ladies listening to this podcast, ladies, this counts to you too. I'm not just talking to the guys here. Honor is one of the most important key components of any decent human being. Be an honorable person. That one thing alone will guide your life incredibly. But be a person of honor. The second thing 
is be a person of integrity. Integrity is the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles or the state of being whole and undivided. Integrity is the P being J, or I should say, integrity is the jelly of the P being J of these attributes. Honor and integrity are almost inseparable. To be a king, you have to be both of these things. Well, let me phrase that. To be a good king, you need to have honor and integrity. Without integrity and honor, having everything means nothing. Robert Sharma. I'm not who, sure who Robert Sharma is. You'd think I would have learned that researching the show. I, I didn't. I don't know who he is, but it's a pretty smart individual right there. Integrity is critical and it's part of having honor and being honorable. It really is. It's the jam in this whole sandwich we're putting together. It holds the peanut butter and the bread together. You got to have integrity, guys. Honor and integrity are traits that every king worth anything, every leader, whether it's a president or your boss at work or you at work or in your home, honor and integrity are the most important traits you can have. Now, we're going to put those all together with humility. You need to have humility. You can have honor and integrity, but if you're arrogant and proud, they're worthless. Because that will interfere with you being who you need to be. So, the third part of this. The third component that you have to have is humility. Humility is a defined as a modest or low view of one's own importance. And guys, this is completely counterculture. I mean, completely counterculture. We don't prize humility these days. It's really weird. Humility is incredibly important, but we live in a society of self-gratification. If you're listening to this, you're probably either on a podcast or you're watching on YouTube. Either way, hey, thanks for tuning in. I'm grateful that you guys are giving me some of your very valuable time, and I appreciate that. But all you have to do is look around at social media. We live in the social media world. Social media is constant and everywhere and nonstop. But what is social media really about for the most part? Social media is about gratifying yourself and making yourself look good. So, we're putting this together with honor, integrity, and humility. With the three of these things, you'd be worthy to rule. Movies have crossed this idea of every man a king so many times. That's why we love them. That's why we liked King Arthur and King Ralph. That's why we like Mr. Deeds and... The Princess Diaries. That is why we are in love with this idea. That's why it keeps selling. It's because we all secretly want to have sovereignty. We want to be the boss. 
we want to direct our own lives and guide ourselves and not have other people telling us what we should do or making our rules for us. But every man has the capability to be the king in their life. Let me give you an example. I have five, sometimes six people in my household that I am responsible for, besides me. I don't call them my subjects, but they look to me to lead and provide and guide in this home. That makes me the king in my own house, right? Have you ever heard, uh, I am the king of my own castle? Well, if you're the king of your own castle, then you need to act like a king. If you're going to be the king in your relationship, then you need to be worthy of that position, okay? If your girlfriend or your wife gives you the privilege to be the king, and guys, that is a willful submission. You don't just rule them out, right? that is a willful submission made out of love and trust, then you need to be worthy of that. You need to live your life with honor and integrity and humility and be worthy of the fact that you are the king and that they are willing to let you be the king in their world. That is trust, that is faith, that is love on their part, that you are going to act in a way worthy of a king in Twelfth Night, Shakespeare says, some, men are, some are born to greatness, some achieve greatness, and some have greatness thrust upon them. Your fate awaits you. I love Bill Shakespeare. I'm, someone's going to rouse me in the comments for that one. I love Bill Shakespeare. I've, it's one of my first books I ever bought was The Complete Worst of Shakespeare. Guys, don't wait for it to be thrust upon you, for you to be great. Live your life with honor and integrity and humility. Be the king of your world. And you will be amazed. People will flock to you. Your significant other will honor you by being willing to let you lead them. Your friends, your co-workers, they will flock to you, if you have these characteristics, if you live your life with these traits, then you will have willing subjects who give themselves to you to be guided and protected by you and to be helped because a really good king is a servant position. I know they get to wear the fancy crown, right? If you're listening to the podcast, I'm, I'm pretending I have a crown on my head. Yes, I'm stupid. Okay. Yeah, the king gets to wear a crown, but guess what? The king gets to wear a crown because they are a servant ruler. Their job is to act with these traits of honor, integrity, and humility and put their kingdom ahead of them, their subjects ahead of them, to make decisions, to make rules, to make ideals, to help, protect, and to bless the subjects in their kingdom who choose to be under them. Ask any king who ever got overturned in history. The minute you start being selfish and neglecting your people, they'll replace you. Ask presidents, ask kings, it's just facts. So guys, 
You only get to be king if you act like a king. But you can be the king in your own life as long as you master honor, integrity, and humility. Guys, thanks for hanging out with me. Thanks for listening today. I really do appreciate your attention. Go out there and rule your world. I'll flash the shirt. I love that shirt. My daughter helped me make that design. But rule with honor, integrity, and humility, and people will just flock to you. You will be king in your own right. And the only difference is whether you have a crown on your head or a hard hat or a ball cap. Be better tomorrow because of what you do today. I am the Fallible Man, Brent Allen, and I will see you soon. This has been the Fallible Man Podcast, your home for everything man, husband, and father. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a show. Head over to www.thefallibleman.com for more content and get your own Fallible Man gear.